What up? It's your boy Big Facts. Welcome to the first episode of Tillman's Temper. My boy Anthony Tillman. I welcome him to the platform. So everybody welcome Anthony Tillman in the first episode of Tillman's Temper. What up, man? What up, what up, man? Uh, I just want to say I appreciate you, OG, for uh, giving me a shout-out and giving me an opportunity to get stuff off my chest because I do have a lot of stuff on my chest. Um, I do have a lot to talk about sometimes. And like you said, sometimes I just need a, an outlet to let it off my chest. And, you know, maybe somebody out there will listen and maybe somebody will say, man, I relate to them. And maybe I'll say something that will catch their attention and we can we can move on and do big things or they can talk about it. And they, we can just reach out and network, really, what this is about. And hopefully we can touch somebody. Yeah, man, if you touch one person, it's worth it, man. But tell them a little bit about yourself, man. All right, man. I'm Native American. I grew up with a, uh, from a, I grew up with a black family, but I'm Native American. I went to college at OSU, played football uh, for two years, got in some off-the-field trouble. I graduated with my master's degree eventually, and now I live up here in, a, I live up here in upstate New York, uh, the very upstate New York. So when I told people I was moving to New York, they all think, it's just the city and i'm like no nah, man i live in like really <laughs> canada is like literally two minutes away like i can walk to the border so i'm in upstate new york where it's cold we have probably six months of winter and probably two months of summer so uh, i used to be dark now i'm light-skinned because i don't get no sun <laughs> uh, but yeah so that's just that's who i am I, i'm uh i'm engaged i got three beautiful children uh, i'm just trying to do my thing and like I said, like, I use this time to, to get stuff off my chest and just kind of talk about what's been happening in my life. And I try to keep it as real as possible because that's the only way I know how to be. And I don't try to sugarcoat much because that's not how this world is. And so that's just who I am. So from the Native American's perspective, tell people how you see what's going on in the world and the tensions that's happening right now. Uh, we, As a Native American, which is kind of... Uh, it's kind of a hard question to answer, OG, because really I didn't know my Native American culture until I moved back up here. Because as you know and I know that uh, I just hung out. I grew up, uh, I lived up here in 89 through 93, and then I moved to Oklahoma. And my mom died when I was 14. My dad went to prison when I was 16. Um, I got adopted by a black family, and I just grew up just knowing the black culture, you know, the, the soul food and so I know more about black culture than I'd almost say my own culture but coming up here and moving up here it's definitely changed me uh, because definitely it's way too cold for brothers up here you don't see too many brothers up here uh, and you definitely don't see many Mexicans up here like yeah it's too cold for them so um, yeah that's from the Native American perspective what's going on man it's, it's we, we've realized it we've known it I mean from the beginning of time since 1492 and Columbus so supposedly came over here and discovered us when we were already here, you know, so uh, to murdering our people, to, to what I really feel from a Native American perspective is we're the forgotten culture. Uh, blacks will speak up, Mexicans are starting to speak up more, and Natives, we're just kind of happy to be on our reservation and on our own, and I, 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 think, I think now that we see all the protests going on and I keep telling people that, you know, like, it, it took a civil war for slavery to, to end. Um, and it didn't end right as soon as the war was over. So, but it took civil war. So I, I think this has been a long time coming, if you ask me. And from a Native perspective, we've been doing it. We had a crisis up here in 92 um, called the Oka Crisis. If you want to Google that and look it up, 
or we went to on the Canadian side. They went to war with the RCMPs, and they sent the, the the Canadian Army to come in fight our people. There was deaths, there was murders, uh, but we stood our ground, and that's that's how we see what's going on now. Is hey, it's it's finally is enough enough, and we've been saying that you know like the latest episode that we talked about is the, the Dakota pipeline in South Dakota when they're trying to do that pipeline. I have family and friends that went up there. Called, they, they call them water protectors. Because um, they're just trying to protect the water. Huh? Like the, the pipeline comes through, it bursts. It's through Native American land. We're, it was through Native American land, but the thing about it is we're trying to protect the water for everyone. Not just, not just our people, but for everyone. And it was a peaceful protest, straight up. Like we had elders there. Um, up here, it's a patriarch society where the women, the men are the warriors, but the, the women are the, they're, they're the voices too. And so they're on the front lines and peaceful. And what did they come up with? They come with tear gas, rubber bullets, uh, water hoses, and they just, they brought the violence and we still didn't bring the violence back. We held our ground. We remained peaceful. And so we know exactly what's going on right now. You know, it's just, we support it. I definitely support it um, growing up with the black family, but we just, it's, it's been a long time coming, OG, long time. Yeah, I agree, man. I just want to get your perspective on that. So what, what are you going to talk to us about today? Uh, let's segue into what I've, what I've been seeing a lot. And with Father's Day coming up, it's, I think it's Sunday coming right around the corner. Man, I, being a single father myself, I'm great and I'm engaged now. So it's, I still play the single father role sometimes because she's still learning her role of stepmotherhood or stepmother and this and that. So, but it kind of upsets me, upsets me sometimes because I understand I'm from a single a single home. Like my mother raised me, and I get it. But man, I think sometimes as a single father that we don't get enough credit. Uh, look, man, there's some single fathers out here, OG, that are doing it. You know, they're they're doing the damn thing. Um, like I, I look back and my kids now are in Oklahoma for the summer with their mother. And when I sit back and reflect, hell, my daughter just got a, a president, a presidential academic award signed by go, go figure Donald Trump. But yeah. it's a prestigious award, you know, and yeah, that's big. like so I just think it's it's you see these memes and you see these things about, oh, let's give a shout out to all the mothers that are doing both jobs and. You know, like when Mother's Day is around, I don't ask to be recognized as a mother, even though I, I even though sometimes I have to take on that motherly role. That's their day. And I'm not there to steal their shine. And I, I think sometimes we as people want to get so much credit for things that we're doing. But I think Father's Day, let it be for fathers, man. Let it be for even if they are absent from people's lives, man, it's, it's still about Father's Day. You know, I'm not trying to take anything from single mothers. Believe me, I'm not because I was raised by one. But just give us our day, you know, like give us a little credit because, you know, I, I get it, man. It's stressful. It's it's hard having two roles. Like I wear the hat of being the, the what do you call it? The, the, the nurturer. nurturer. Yeah, the nurturer. And then I got to be the disciplinary, you know, and and it's hard. And, you know, you, I mean, we can quote things from the Bible. It says you plant the seed, you won't get to see it grow. And sometimes I feel like that, but. You know, we're doing the thing, man. I know a lot of fathers out there that, that, that bust their tail off. And sometimes I just feel we don't get enough credit, man. No, I agree. I do think fathers are really unappreciated. Um, I mean, there is, I'm not going to say, I, I think nationally, like, fathers probably go unappreciated. I mean, you got a lot of 
um, stereotypical things that are still being said about fathers that are kind of old and outdated. Like all the men that I know and that I hang around to me are good fathers. I mean, they're in their kid's life, they help out, but you don't see, I don't think you see enough of that. You're starting to see more of that nowadays, but you still see those same, it seems like deadbeat fathers get more attention than good fathers. So that's the underappreciation that I think you're talking about. Yes, and it, it, it is. And like I said, you always remember the negative and you hear about the bad, but man, I, I, I really think on Father's Day, man, we should just post something positive that a father did, you know? Like, one thing that I, I created, and I stole from Oklahoma, they have this father and daughter dance thing down in Oklahoma where I was from. And man, I'd always used to take my daughter to it. Even when I was married before, I always took my daughter to it. And when I came up here, we have a, a high population of uh, single mothers and mothers that aren't with their, their, their baby daddy. So you have a lot of single kids. Um, single mothers and single kids that are looking for a, a role model. So we have a coalition up here and I pitched the idea. I said, hey, why don't we do something like a father-daughter dance? You know, it doesn't have to be the father, but just a male role model. Because I think, like you said, sometimes the male father or the male figure, we get shitted on, you know? And it's like, you know, all these memes going on right now about, hey, does one bad apple ruin the whole, does it make the whole police force bad or does one black dude make the whole protest bad or you know all these little things going on but when you we narrow it down man just one deadbeat father don't paint me with a broad brush because i'm not i can guarantee you i'm not you know and you're right i just i just want some recognition to all the fathers out there that are doing the thing because I, I i busted my tail off i i put my kids first you know like when i was in college having a pair of jordans was the biggest thing man having 20 30 pairs you know, I still have a lot of shoes. Don't get don't get it wrong, but I put my kids' needs before my needs. I mean, there's been nights where I've made sure that they eat before I eat, and that's just a thing that you do as a father. You know, like you said, these deadbeats get more attention because oh, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. Hey, well, let's not focus on that. Let's focus on dang man, that Anthony Tim was doing a good job. Or there's this there's this um, architect Yazi. His name's Yazi from I think he's from Arizona. He is an architect and he's building the Raider Stadium, the new Raider Stadium. I think it's Reliant or Allegiant or, you know I what I'm talking about though. Name of, yeah, I yeah, can't I remember. About it looks like a Roomba, um, but that stadium, he does a lot for his kids. And you know, and he's, where are we, why are we not recognizing these fathers? And I guarantee Sunday comes around, you're going to see all the, shout out to all the moms doing this and that. Man, don't steal our shine. Like, just give him, let give us him have, my, let us have our yeah, day yeah let's have let us have that one day you know like so that was that's just what i want to talk about fathers man like you said it's just a bad rap and it gets it gets old like i said i don't try to i don't try to take nothing from single mothers i was raised by one and and i think she did a pretty good job uh yeah. till she left me you know so I, I definitely agree man i think that uh although i think fathers are starting to get more credit I still think we suffer from the stereotypes that I spoke about before, but a lot of it's also in programming. It's the type of stuff that we've seen on TV for so long, type of things that we've seen in movies, these things that have been pushed. And now I think that you want to see fathers that are doing it right, fathers that are with their kids. We should be seeing more of that. And we're starting to see more of that on television, but I want to see more of it on social media. Like, um, rest in peace, Kobe. When Kobe died, you saw a lot of that 
daddy daughter stuff and people were posting images and pictures of fathers with their daughters um girl i want to see yeah girl dad um but i want to see more of that outside of father's day more of that outside of june you know we need to Mm -hmm. change the perception of the fathers because i think that's changing and a lot of reason why families were without their fathers during the 90s is connected to the social issues that we're talking about today you know what i mean the drug epidemic um over policing and being sent to jail you know fathers being killed in gang violence and you know some people are just deadbeats don't want to take care of their responsibilities there's always that but there's going to be a bad batch of that there's women that don't take care of their responsibilities also Mm -hmm. but we have to change that narrative by and keep doing what we're doing but we also need recognition and we need help from other people to show that this is what is going on it's not the same old narrative that you used to say there's a lot more fathers being fathers and that's why you see that there there's a change you know what i mean there's not you know what i mean there's a change even even when you're not with your your girlfriend your wife your baby mother whatever you want to see there's a lot more fathers in their children's life that's also why i think they need to look at the child support system and stop forcing these fathers that are being fathers to pay child support when they can probably do a better job just supporting their child because they're there. You don't have to chase them down. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's kind of funny that you say that because my fiance, she works in child support. And, you know, it's not a fair shake even in that because we're so quick to put blinders on and just jump on the mother's bandwagon. And we here's the thing I, I always say. Some people, and, and I'm, I'm not painting people with a broad brush here, but there's been cases I know of that They'll say, hey, uh, I don't want you to see the kids, but I do want your $600 a month. And I'm like, whoa, 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 time out, time out. No, no, no. If I'm a father and you want, I have no problem giving you my money, but you should give me the opportunity to try to be a father, whether it's whether it's full-time, part-time, on the weekends. Don't take that opportunity from me to be a father because I, I, I think people forget that a father plays an integral part in raising a child. Um, not saying it can't be done by single mothers because it's been proven it can be. But there's something about having a father in a kid's life that is, is just as touching and just as needed as having a mother. And I think sometimes in the system that we allow the mother to just control and dictate things so much. Um, like even when they go they to get birth. the benefit of the doubt. Yes, like even at birth, if the father doesn't have to sign she doesn't have to let the father sign the birth certificate it, and it you're just like whoa whoa hold up we're both here can i not sign the birth certificate and there's times when moms can say no i don't want you even signing the birth certificate yes i know they hold the baby for nine months but don't deny me the opportunity or anyone the opportunity to try to be a father um, because i think a lot of times it gets the children get put in the middle of everything you know and i just think it's, it's just a bad rap all around it starts from just like you said it starts from the bad dads and the good dads have to bury, bury that, wait, hold that burden on their shoulders and try to carry it and say, wait, wait, we're not like that. We're not all like that. So I think you're right. The narrative is changing slowly but surely. And I think there needs to be more posting about positive fathers out there, you know? And um, so I, I, and that, and see, so that will lead me into my second topic. Um, a segue would be being a father, I'm very protective of my children. And so I've always wanted to protect my kids to the, the, the best of my ability. So I don't know if I was jumping out of line or if I people say I might have misread this, but there was a post on Facebook and 
my child had water balloons this day and they had a water balloon fight early in the day and I guess at night while they're out playing in our little neighborhood they threw a water balloon at my neighbor's window and woke her up I didn't think anything of it until Leah who's my fiance she sends me a, a, a screenshot she's like have you seen this person's post and I'm like no so I read it and it says what am I supposed to do when I what do you do when I not 10-year-olds, group of 10-year-olds throw water balloons at your house, wake you up, do you call the landlord, do you call the parents, or do you call the cops? So you know people chimed in, and one chimed in and said, well, you get your pellet gun, and you light them up. And then the next comment was from the neighbor saying, hey, look what I just found, my BB gun. And and then she started, then other people chimed in and said, just have fun with them, do this and that, and she kept going on. And it rubbed me the wrong way um, because I took it as you're insinuating that you found your BB gun. Why? Because you're going to light my child up. Um, so the temper came out um, and it made me mad. So I did what a, a protective dad does. Once I found out, I asked my son straight up, did you do it? He goes, yeah, I did. And it was a water balloon no bigger than, probably no bigger than a baseball. This is these little water balloons. So I went over there to say, hey, you want to talk to my, about my child? They didn't answer the door. So then they peeking out the window when I was walking back through the yard. So then I went on Facebook and I, I, re, I reposted and I said, look, you, they're kids. They're 10 year old kids. He admitted to it. But to say you're going to light my child up with a pellet gun or a BB gun and bring violence upon my child is unacceptable. Very unacceptable. And she wrote back, I hope people are blowing this out of proportion and I don't think it's like that. But that's how I took it. And I just felt you're threatening, threatening a child and you should never threaten a 10 year old child. And so I was, I was mad, I was upset, but I've calmed down. The next day I took my son over there, he apologized. And then we, and then we, my fiance, taking that her stepson was very offended and thinks that a person of her position should be held more accountable for her words and shouldn't be threatening children. So she did it what any person would do, I guess. Um, not the way I usually handle stuff, but she did it professionally and she filed a complaint. And the complaint was her and I guess she ended up getting talking, talked to. And so they came to my house and started asking me, why are you picking on me? And I just straight up told her and I did everything and I kept my cool, I kept a low voice and I just told her like, look, I took it as a threat. And what was so funny is that she couldn't even apologize for, for it. It was my bad. I'm the one who misinterpreted. She didn't mean it that way. And I said, look, you can't even apologize for the words that you put on Facebook insinuating you're going to shoot my child or any 10 year old child then you can leave and when you feel like you realize what you've done then you can come back and apologize but until then i have nothing to say to you so that that's that's how we handled it and it, it's different for me I, i'm i'm 40 now so i i try to handle things a little bit more professionally uh but you know i wanted to do what i wanted to do but cooler heads prevailed that shows a lot of growth from you because i know the old aunt would have turned bright red and 
not thought about any of his actions and probably would have got himself in trouble. So I'm proud of I'm proud to see the growth in you. Hey, I was mad. I ain't gonna lie. I was bright red, but I, and so it, it was just and and that's the thing about it. And again, that's just me being a father um, and trying Protective. to protect protecting my child. Um, whether however however some people may see it as he wasn't being insinuating, I seen it as that. And I took it as that, and then we handled it. And you know, my son was my son was scared. He was like, "Dad, don't do anything, please, don't." But I want them to know too that look, I will walk through hell for you kids. You know, like if, especially if something is, if someone tries to threaten my children or any way try to harm them, I will walk through hell. So, and again, that's just that's just gentleman's temper. But it was calmed down. It calmed yeah, down. Yeah, but that that also leads to another conversation about Facebook in general. How comfortable people feel in posting on facebook like facebook is this open protected space like i don't understand why this forum is a place that people feel like they can go and it's a safe place safe space where they can go and say whatever they want i i really believe like it's out of hand i mean you see it right now all these people that are getting in trouble with their jobs and you know just by going on facebook and not even thinking before they're writing i guess because they're in a closed circle of friends they think that all their friends are in agreement with them mm -hmm. but i i just i just don't get it because even if you feel that way you like i always approach everything from the aspect of somebody's listening somebody's watching and even in my group of friends because at some point your your network grows out of control where you yep. don't know you know what i'm saying you don't yep. you don't know everybody or talk to everybody on a regular basis so somebody's not gonna agree with what you said you know what i mean yeah and i just always operate for our post but it doesn't seem like in this day and age that's going on yeah um needless to say she deleted me as her friend from facebook but again <laughs> definitely and one thing about me that people understand is I accept everybody. And but now as I get older, you start seeing that you have people that are on Facebook just to be nosy and, and just to stir the pot. Trolls. And, yeah, and that's what they do. And I, and again, I, like I said, I, I wasn't trying, or I didn't want to get anyone in trouble. I didn't. That wasn't the plan. My plan was to hey, understand what you did and your actions. And you're right. Like I, I think social media has given people a set of balls that they, they didn't have before. And like I said, a lot of these people that are, are Facebook or social media gangsters, when you see them face to face, they're not going to say the same things. They're not going to do the same things. They're not going to act the same way. And I think that leads me into why I get so frustrated. Like, yes, I don't agree with Trump. Like, I, I don't like Trump. But I think the biggest thing that frustrates me is how someone in a position of that much power can get away with the things that he says and does when I am when I am just trying to make it myself and I have to watch my P's and Q's, if I put half the stuff that he did on Twitter or any of social media platforms, I would lose my job. No, no doubt about it. So that's, I think besides his racist policy and all, I have the biggest problem with he, the unethicalness of it. And that's why we try to, we're trying to hold us, me and you and other people on our level to this certain standard when the president even isn't held to that standard and that's what frustrates me the most a level you know? of accountability it's a level of accountability that the everyday person walking the streets and even the people that we talk about posting on facebook at some point in time 
I mean, there's a good percentage if they do something that they could be held accountable for their action. But the person that's in the highest position in our country never seems to be held accountable for his actions. And that does become frustrating. So I definitely understand that. Yeah, and exactly. And so that would transition me into. So, like you said, I'm kind of late, kind of late on the bus to this. (laughs) I've been watching, you know, binge watching 13 Reasons Why. I don't want to talk about 13 Reasons Why, but just watching the first season it i could relate and i and i say i can relate is to we talk about the loneliness the um see i have family but it's chosen family because my story um being abused being adopted you know and that has left me sometimes not having the blood family that I know and that I sometimes I get um, jealous of and and there's been times when I've been alone and like when I my mom died when I was 14 and she um, died of ovarian cancer I was I acted out and I was bad and um, I, I, no one's ever going to replace my mother at all and I I, I understand that um, but losing a parent losing a loved one like that I don't think you really do recover from it. Um, one thing about my fiance is she has a huge family and she has that, she gets to go visit and she gets to do this. And I don't have that pleasure. Like I know people can take me in and say, you're mine or you're, I, and they do. And I'm not gonna lie, they do. But when push comes to shove, I'm not their blood. And I know it, I know blood doesn't make you family, but sometimes I just wish I I was able to have that, that brother or that sister or that, uncle or whatever just to hey let's go fishing today or let's go hooping today like like sometimes i feel so all alone in this world you know and that's why that's why i just i feel like with my wedding coming up that we postponed coming up is why i asked you and the, the my friends that i went to college with to to be my best man because in my life you guys had an impact in it and and I know that I know it works both ways. Uh, that I have to reach out to you as you reach out to me, and but I think sometimes, man, I just I feel I feel a loss. I feel alone in this world, and I think that's another reason why I'm glad that we have this venue to kind of vent to because it lets me get this stuff off my chest. And so I just feel that that 13 reasons why really brought that out of me, and it, it made me see like, oh wow, like. Like, I think the premise of that story to me, just the first season, I'm, I could be way off, is you just don't know people's story. True. You, you don't. You never walked in their shoes. You don't know what they're doing. And I think helping what I've, I, what I've done and I've learned with all this going on right now is I can't jump on the bandwagon right away. Like, I got to make sure that I, I fact, I look, I look at, I fact check it, I, I, I research it a little bit because... I don't want to be out there just acting a fool or, you know, you don't want to call someone out and you don't know their story. Like, and I think we get as minorities, that happens to us a lot. But just in the premise of my own life, I've learned that, man, I can't judge a book by its cover, man. And I don't know what they've been through. And just like you don't know what I've been through and you don't know why I have so much temper or so much anger and frustration because I've got to get it off my chest or I may do something silly that I regret or, or hurt someone that I that I don't have intent to, you know? So 
that's just that was a segue into that because it just it hit me it hit me that dang it's this life isn't guaranteed and it, it, it and it's tough when you feel like you're all alone man yeah man and that's a i mean that's a good good thing to talk about because i think people take for granted their family you know you know what i mean you say well i don't like this person or that's they're this and that they're that but people need to take time to appreciate the family and the support system that they have around them and not get separated by petty issues and small issues because there's a lot of people like you said that feel like they're alone in this world and that feel like they don't have anybody so just to have someone that you can fight disagree with but you have known and been there your whole life and have that type of relationship is a blessing in itself and i don't think a lot of people take the time to look to see what's in their life and the people that are around them whether you always agree with them or not it's not that you have to agree with everybody in your life but just knowing that that person is there and to have someone to talk to vent to reach out to whenever you need to is something that everyone doesn't have so i definitely agree with that Another thing touching on the um, 13 reasons why, um, not specifically, but it also goes into our Facebook conversation um, in saying that it's new, like it's a different type of bullying going on in this world now. A thing that when we were younger, like we didn't really have to deal with like that. It was word of mouth. But now you can spread news to the whole school in a matter of minutes and change people's lives. And the smallest thing that you could say about someone that you may not think anything about could damage them forever. You know, just looking at somebody and saying, oh, you got you wear dirty shoes and posting something like that could stick with that person and be hell for them the rest of their life. And that 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 one comment could mean nothing to you, but destroy their whole lives and make them miserable every day of their lives. And we have to be more cautious of the words we say how we treat people and what our impact can have on other people's lives man and that's a reality og because um i'll never forget and like i said this was before social media that i i happened to live up here at the time and it was a christmas exchange and this and that well my mom she was a single mother man we were dirt poor um so we had to exchange gifts and I didn't get anything. I, I didn't want to ask my mother to support me in, in buying stuff because I knew money was tough. And I want to say I was in third grade at the time. So I had a collection of Hot Wheels and I'll never forget. I had a white Lamborghini. It was my best car. It was, you know, I was poor. I've always wanted a Lamborghini and that was my best car. So I wrapped it. I took my time and I gave it to this kid and I'll never forget his name. Um, his name was Cameron and I gave it to him at Christmas at the exchange. And he looked at me and said, man, this is a used car. I don't want this. And he threw it in the trash. That broke my heart. Like, I'll never, that, that, I've never, I'll never forget that. You know, and I've been through some trauma in my life through being sexually abused and physically abusing. And that sticks in my head. Because from then on, when it times to give gifts, I'm always like, man, I got to give them something good and something new or something they want. Or because that impacted my life. And like you said, we don't know nowadays how much they always say that if you punch me og i'll get a bruise that bruise will heal but the words you say that shit cuts deep and i may not ever heal from that you know yeah. one of the biggest lies is sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me man words have hurt a lot of people and made people miserable throughout their lives and 
like when you see people like you said a good point that you made is you never know what's going on on the outside people have this way of putting you know on a, a mask and showing you what they want you to see you some of the happiest people just look like some of the like comedians like robert williams some of these people jim carrey is a really really dark person inside but every time you see him like laughing joking that's what we knew him from but that's their outlet just because that's what you see you don't know what's going on in a person inside so that one little comment that you make to them that you think is nothing because you're having a bad day could be the breaking point yep. and i just think everybody in this society especially in this society right now should just take a second and just think about how you're treating people what you say you know what i'm saying just be you know just be empathetic about what you say yep. like even when it comes to all lives matter yes you believe all lives matter but if you really think about what you're saying you don't understand what the other person is saying so when you say that it may be infuriating and you don't even know you know what yep. i mean yeah. So and it could yeah. be dangerous in life too. People just need to take time to think about what other people are going through, be empathetic, and treat people like you want to be treated. Yeah, and I I don't think it's treat people how you want to be treated. I think it's treat people how you think how you think they want to be treated, because we always say how I want to be treated, but how I want to be treated may not be how they want to be treated. So it's how I think they'd want to be treated, and you know, like I just. It, it, it's just been it's been tough with this th these times going on um, with you know you said COVID and you have you know this uh, Black Lives Matter and you have police brutality going on um, like I said it's it's just it's just it's a crazy time out there and you're right like we all need to stop take a deep breath and be appreciative for the things that we have because right now the time is so divisive that we are looking to split and you know like. I don't want to lose any of my white friends. You know, I don't. There's some that I'll have to cut ties with because after they've revealed their character, but I, that's not my goal. My goal is to, okay, let me see where they're coming from and see if I can, okay, now hear me. I've taken the time to hear you. Now hear me and where I'm coming from as a minority that, ha that li has lived in two cultures, Native American culture and black culture, and I understand. So take the time to hear, but I think, what I, I think that we have, we have so much, we want to talk so much and we don't take the time to listen. And then when we do listen, we're not really hearing, you know, we're just, mm, okay. So I really think that, like you said, we, as a people, we need to take a reset. We need to push the reset button, you know, um, as a native with all this going on and the COVID and this and that with, we look at it as mother earth is saying, look, grass is greener now. You see, there's, there's less smog, there's less this, like the waters are bluer now. Uh, things are, Mother Earth is trying to recover from all the damage that we as human human beings have done to the Earth with our pollution, with our unconscious, just littering, and we take all this for granted and that we're destroying our Earth little by little. And so I just think it's kind of, kind of time that we all take a break because I think Mother Earth with this COVID and all this, has tried to tell us, hey, slow down. We are going too fast. Slow down. You know, let's enjoy it. Let's let's leave the earth that your grandkids can enjoy and their grandkids can enjoy. But right now, I think we're on a path where, hell, I don't even think my my I'll get grandkids because this world's starting to crumble from the inside. And we're just trying to, you know, we just want to fix that, man. That's all I'm trying to do is one person at a time, like you said. I can't touch the whole world, 
but I can touch one person and maybe that one person can touch another person and it goes on like that. Well, I think the world is, the earth is a survivor and it'll survive longer than we will. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the earth been through a lot more than we've ever been through. And if it comes to a situation between, you know, human beings and human civilization and the earth, the earth is going to win and recover and repopulate at some point in time. But that's, that's my thoughts. But I definitely agree with you, man. Um, I'm always here. I'm your family. If you need anything, you know what I mean? You got anything else for us today? No, man. Like I said, I just want to let the people know that, uh, uh, you know, OG was, I, I, I call him OG because, man, um, that movie, what was that? I can't remember the movie, but South I remember. South Central. Yeah, South Central. It was OG Bobby Johnson. And I was like, oh, man. And so I seen him and he had his hair braided and he had his little gold tooth. And I was like, man, that's OG right there. And that's, I'm the only person in the world that probably calls him that, except maybe Justin might call him that. And uh, I think our little crew does. But that's why I said. I, I, that's why I called him OG because South Central was out. And I was like, man, that looks like OG Bobby Johnson from Hoover. So that, that, that just stuck with, stuck with me. And I'm the type of person I don't like to call people what everybody else calls them. I like to give everybody else my own nickname. Whether anybody calls them that or not, I call them that. So that's how we came about. And I just, uh, I appreciate you, OG, for uh, looking out for me, for doing this, for, for venting. And hopefully we can push this product and we can get some views and just help somebody out. Yeah, man, it's a good therapy session. I um, told a story that, uh, the, like, I knew you before. Like, we, we encountered, met, talked. Um, but one day, you know, my roommate that, you know, I came from my hometown with, he actually transferred to another school. So that semester, I was kind of out by myself. I'm not really a really social dude. Like, I don't go and meet new people. That's just not how I roll. So I remember I came out of my room one time and you were just sitting in the living room like and I'm thinking how the how fuck you get in my room and how long has he been in my living room <laughs> just like standing there and he was just like yo what's up man you want to come hang out and from there man it was on man another yeah. story I like to tell was I remember uh because you was like two years ahead of me and my fucking meal plan ran out and I remember I was like fuck you know it's like two months left of the school year and like i was going to eat and shit and i was like you know i'm gonna stay at the crib figure something out and then he was like bro why you don't come eat with us i was like man you know my meal plan ran out and he was like bro don't worry man i got you so from there on man you was you was there for me in college man you used to go over to the crib lay up you did you were the cause of me missing a lot of fucking classes playing tiger woods and drinking at like 11 a.m that's neither here nor there i passed <laughs> yeah i ain't never gonna forget because I, I tell my fiance this story all the time I'm like man og's the one that we started drinking nyquil like we ran out of liquor so we just like oh fuck it let's just drink some nyquil and fuck we were drinking nyquil trying to get lit up some nyquil like I just and that's how me and OG came to be and like I said to let the the, the crowd know or the, the audience know is once you've got my once you've got my loyalty and you've got my respect man it's for life um and like I said we're adults so we don't have to call each other every day but I always wanted you to know and I, I and I hope by asking you to be a part of my wedding that it, it lets you know that you had an impact on my life and I respect your hustle I respect what you do and Man, big ups to you, and I look up to you, and I can't wait to keep doing this, bro. Same here, man. That's all love, man. So this has been the first episode of Tillman's Temper, um, therapeutic venting session. I mean, it's, it's also it's for 
him to get some things off his chest in the vent and to have strong conversation about issues that you know men usually don't talk about and to be open to show that men can be sensitive and be open also but it's also to hopefully touch some people that may feel like they're the only one and they're lonely and that they need to vent and hopefully somebody can relate if it's only one person that can relate then that's one is more than we ever thought we could touch so man uh, appreciate you coming on appreciate you supporting network listening appreciate you being a part of the network man and hopefully you can continue to do this bro all right man and like i said for anybody out there my handle is easy on all my social media it's anthony tillman three that's my handle on everything so if you if anything touches you you got a question or you have a subject that you like my input on feel free to hit me up and i'll, I'll definitely talk about it and let you know my my point of view yeah, he think he Iverson, but he actually play like Anthony Mason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Can't stand you, bro. Yeah. But, yeah, right. you know you can always find us at the 2 Smart Network um, on Instagram. So that's at number 2 Smart Network. You can also find all new content on our website, www.2smartnetwork. As you said, you can hit us up on direct message. You can hit Anthony up directly. Give us so, so suggestions or ideas. I'm also on Facebook, Bobby Reed, or at 2 Smart Network. Generally, if you put in the number 2 Smart Network, you'll be able to find our content. We're on all platforms, man. This has been the first episode of Tillman's Temper. We look forward to doing more of these. Peace. Peace.